And I did that. And sort of sold like $800 in, in the first week. I said, wait, something happening there. Hi, Tribers. You're listening to an interview with Noam Toyster. Noam Toyster is a serial entrepreneur from Israel. In this fascinating interview, he tells how he founded his current company as an outcome of his honeymoon in the Far East. He also shares a lot of his challenges and his thoughts about what it takes to start your own company. Don't miss a second of this amazing interview. I'll see you on the other side of the intro. You're listening to the E-Tribe podcast series, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passion and become better at what they do. I'm Isar Matis, a serial entrepreneur myself, and I'm sitting down with other members of the E-Tribe entrepreneurs, e-commerce experts, e-marketers, and other e-people. We come from different industries and different places around the world. Together, we discuss challenges, solutions, lessons learned, and tools that help us be more effective and make an impact in our world. Hi, everyone. I'm a part of my Israel tour, the Startup Nation tour, where I'm meeting with a lot of Israeli startups. I'm sitting today at Bukowie. Bookaway is a travel startup in the heart of Tel Aviv, and I'm very happy to be joined today by Noam Toyster, who is the founder and CEO of the company. He is a serial entrepreneur, and he really likes to travel, which makes perfect sense why he's the CEO of a travel startup. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's uh, great to be here. My first question, we know you're the CEO and the founder. Uh, I know you have a very fun story about how you founded the company. But go back a little bit and tell us kind of like what brought you to this point. What else did you do in your life? And then tell us a little bit on how and why you founded Bookaway. Um, so I guess that uh, entrepreneurship you know, sort of was a default choice for me because when I finished uh, school, I tried to get to a few jobs that I really was interested in, like uh, being consulted in McKinsey and stuff like that. And I really wanted a job that's not, uh, you know... Not one, one, not not into one uh, discipline. I can yes. learn a lot of things in it, and and I wasn't accepted. <laughs> and uh, and then I, you know, when I was 27, 28, or something like that. I figured, yeah, you know, if I'm going to take a risk on on starting a company and doing something, this is probably a good time. Um, and I opened my first startup, um, which was a, a location-based advertising technology company. Uh, long story, did a lot of mistakes, um, but still the, the company managed to, to exist for about four years, uh, managed to generate you know, substantial revenues in sort of Israeli scale. Uh, however, it was sort of an Israeli-focused business eventually. The product that we built wasn't good enough or didn't fit the needs of, of the American customers that we tried to approach, and eventually we figured out, you know, we were sort of missing the, the the market slowly and uh, and we realized that we just you know it's enough this is my only real job before founding yeah. a company and uh, after that i had a lot of ideas i was working as a freelancer for about 2 years like building websites for for some for other companies uh, advising about stuff and i tried a few other ideas i had some an idea in, in fintech i had an idea in, in consumer goods uh, each idea sort of felt like after two or three months, um, and then I, I got married and I went to the to honeymoon in the Philippines, 
And when I was traveling in the Philippines, I tried to get to a very popular tourist destination, something that World Heritage Site called the uh, Manawi. Uh, and I just you just couldn't book a bus ticket there. You had to take a, a, a t- taxi, an hour taxi to the bus station, buy the ticket for the next day because it's always fully booked today. Go back to your hotel, stay another day in Manila, which has nothing to do in Manila, you know, most of the time. I know a good hummus place in Manila. The only one. <laughs> I know it too. Elijah? <laughs> Elijah, yeah. So Elijah is a good friend of mine from back in high school. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, 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 I ate there. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up staying another day and then taking the bus. And we got to the bus, there were like four buses leaving at the same time, all filled with tourists. And I, the, everyone got to the bus station the, the previous day and booked the ticket manually. And I was like, that, that's crazy. Um, and when I came back to Israel, I just you know contacted some local travel agent. I told him, listen, I'm, I'm going to set up some, some landing page. I'm going to sell the bus tickets. And you're going to go to the bus station and buy them. And take a picture of the bus the ticket and send it by email to customers. And I did that. And sort of sold like $800 in, in the first week. I said... Wait, something happening there. And I also looked into the, 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 you know, the whole industry, the whole, uh, you know, process of how people book uh, offline uh, ground transportation. And I realized it's something that, it's a problem that exists across different countries, across different uh, uh, transportation uh, um, vehicles. And uh, we started testing. So we, we tried it the same, you know, trick in Vietnam. So we said, let's do, let's sell the tickets to Halong Bay. And it sold, you know, it sold pretty well. All and on landing pages. All in, in different landing pages. Uh, and then we said, okay, let's uh, see if it works in Thailand. Let's say like Bangkok to Chiang Mai. Uh, and it worked. You know, I, oh, oh. So in every place you got a local agent? I just got a local agent. Didn't physically even goes, buys the tickets based on the bookings you got Yeah, online. and at some point when I got to around 10 different landing pages, I you know, talked to a friend, to my friend Jonathan, who's the CTO, uh, the co-founder, and, uh, and I told him, Listen, there's something going on. He was working in another startup at the time. And I told him, listen, this is, this is what I do. And I said, like, a few thousands of dollars a month and, on, on that. Pretty amazing. And he was like, really? So, like, that, that, that's, like, it's interesting. But, you know, let's do something about it. Um, and then he joined me at some point, And we turned the whole, you know, bunch of landing pages that we had into, like, a website, like, a functional website working. Um, and you know, here we are, like two, two years later, like maybe two years and a half almost later, and we're in 32 countries. We're selling clo- close to 2,000 different uh, routes, um, 5,000 5, services around the world, and we actually found a problem that 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 exists and and you know needs a solution, and, and it's complicated to solve. You know, the, yes. at the beginning it was sort of easy with the travel agents, but we're actually going into the, the whole business. It's, a, it's not easy. So that's why we have a company. Tell us a little bit about the company. How long has it been around? How many people work here? What's the core of the company? What do you do differently than, than other people? All right, so Booker has been around for a little over two years as, as a company. Um, today we are 47 people around the world. Okay. Um, 10, 10 outside of Israel and 37 in Israel. Um, and uh, what we do basically is we 
plan to be the booking.com of the ground transportation, which means we are taking the ground transportation world, which is uh, ferries, buses, uh, trains, uh, private transfers, like uh, taking a car with a driver to take you around in different places, uh, and taking them to the online world. Um, the problem in our world, this is the hotels like 20 years ago. Nobody is connected to online. If they are connected, they have a pretty bad online experience. They're not, it's not what, they're, what they know how to do. Uh, and customers have a big problem in booking these services online. So what we do, we provide the ability to these companies to go online in different ways. We connect to them in several different uh, methods, either with API, either we, or we give them our own system or we do it sort of semi-manually. We do what it takes to actually take their inventory and put it online and sell it, and, and, and we give the whole service to the customer, uh, including the, all the information and content that the customer needs, because one of the big problems in this industry that, is that customers actually end up going to different blogs and forums and YouTube to try to figure out what the hell a train in Vietnam looks like. Yeah. Um, so we try to, to, to put everything in one place and enable this... Uh, uh, experience uh, and this booking much uh, easier than it is than it was before. Let's talk on the broader sense, and that's really the core of what we're trying to do uh, in this conversation: is to try to understand challenges of people like you. Let me ask a preliminary question. Sorry, before you begin, how long you were, were you running on your own finances or without any external cash? A year, I think, uh, almost a year. A year like. I, I was you know, doing it myself for a few months. Then you know I was joined by, by my co-founder for about six more months, I guess, eight, something like that. Um, I think that you know two people without a job, we, um, we were about six months. Okay. Um, which is uh, you know with a kid and and and, uh, and the something family. needs to pay the bills. Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a big challenge and something that you need to take into account if you're going to do this. Uh, so try to think back of the last year or two years, what mm -hmm. were the biggest challenges you had uh, in the company and how you managed to overcome them if you have. So, so it really depends if you want to talk about challenges that are sort of common startup challenges at the beginning, like convincing investors that there is a real market here, uh, convincing investors that you know, you're on the, the right track, that you got them product market fit, you know, and, and you know what you're doing. These are challenges that I guess every startup has. I think it's great because I think a lot of people from the community who are watching this or listening to this or reading this, whatever, however they're consuming it, uh, would be very, very interested in that. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about this. How did you, what were the biggest challenges with investors and what enabled you in the end to actually get somebody to invest in the company? I think the biggest challenge at the beginning for, for us, it was really a, a a difficult issue because the travel is not really a strong industry in Israel and no investors know most investors just don't know travel in Israel um, so, so you end up coming to a meeting and people look at you and, and tell you listen you, the numbers don't work out and you tell them but they do work out you know that they're better than what you'd see in, in different companies yeah. uh, this is travel and they tell them okay whatever I don't know um, a lot of investors had a problem in actually understanding the market because it's a mar being a market that's pretty new. Like no nobody actually is trying to penetrate it. Really, you know, it's not it's not a well-known market. You don't have a lot of data about it. Yes. If an investor goes online and starts to Google, you know, what's the market size for tourist ground transportation? You're not going to get any report that has a number in it. Sure. Just just do extrapolations and and and, and assumptions. We got responses like. 
who takes a bus? You know, <laughs> from investors and you know, guys that I guess fly around in first class all day and then tell us, you know, who would take a bus between uh, yeah, for 17 hours from one place You know, we tell them, you know, anyone that wants to get there because there's no airport in that place. Um, so, so there's a lot of problems actually explaining what the hell we're doing and why is it worth money. But at some point, it worked because it, it was worth money because we were making, we were doing tens of thousands of dollars a month before we were funded. Yes. So we were actually able to, to we got to a point that we were able to take salaries and keep working ourselves. Like two people, you know, if the investors told us no, we said, okay, we're just continuing to wait in the next investor. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So that was lucky for us, and it's not very common in startups. Um, so I think that's eventually what, what convinced uh, the, the investors, because, you know, our first angel investors were from the gaming industry. And, you know, they, they, they see money and they understand money. And they say, okay, yes. they, you put money here, it comes out on the other side. I don't know what, what you're doing in travel, but it's working. So, <laughs> uh, so that's how we, we, we got the first uh, investors. Okay, so... That explains the money. What other big challenges you had? Uh, again, and it could be anything, either as a founder, a CEO, technology-wise, marketing-wise, uh, big obstacles that you had to overcome in order to make this thing work. First of all, we haven't overcome most of them yet, but uh, we are, we're still working. But the biggest challenges are, are on our business-specific challenges. One of the biggest challenges is operational. Um, because what we're doing, we're taking a, a sort of an offline industry and offline, a lot of offline processes and sort of solving them in the beginning with basically brute force, I guess. We, we just put people, throw people on it and, 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 uh, and have them solve it. And slowly we're, we're turning it into an online automatic processes. Um, so, so that's a big challenge. How do you take completely, you know, uncharted processes or sort of, sort of unorganized processes and, and turning them into, into an organized process uh, that, that uh, happens between online to offline. Like if something happens online, a customer gets a ticket, a supplier which most likely never, never met me or anyone else in the company actually sees the ticket and, and accepts it for the first time a lot of times. A lot of times these, these suppliers didn't accept online reservations before. Um, so it's a big it's a big challenge. So it's mostly working with, if I'll rephrase that, working with suppliers who never had any digital presence, and figuring out a way on how to make them understand the process, how to implement the things in a way that will make the whole chain work. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that. I I just call it you know taking offline to online and, yeah. and just turning offline processes into online processes. Um, that was, that's definitely one of our biggest challenges. Um, what, what makes it work? Like in the cases you are able to solve it, what were the aha moments or the understandings that you got to during this process because you've been doing this for two years to say, oh, if I do it this way, it has a higher chances of working or working smoother. So I guess we get a sort of aha moments every day. So, so, okay, so every yeah. day or every week we get this, oh, if we put that in red, you know, if we, if we put the, the, the number, the name of the customer in red on the voucher, then the, then the supplier will actually notice it. Uh, like these are small things. 
but there are other things like you know a lot of suppliers didn't want to work with us they didn't want to answer our emails or phone calls um, and you know one of our biggest aha moments was oh we actually need someone that speaks Vietnamese so, you know, like, so, sort of seems trivial but with you know at the, mo at the beginning we thought you know we can come to a supplier tell him listen we're going to send you hundred customers a week you're gonna get we're gonna make thousand dollars more every every month he's going to say of course yes but you know if he doesn't understand actually, actually what you're talking about or if he thinks you you don't exist actually or you're just a person that you know is trying to scam him yes. he's not going to answer your email um, once you get a local office with a person that he can actually you know go to his office and and you know, look for him if, uh, if he thinks we're, we're sort of not paying him or anything. Yes. Then it's much easier. Then it's okay, whatever, I'll try it. Uh, so that, that was a sort of a big uh, uh, realization that we, so once we put people on the ground, we sort of started to see the, the spike in, in supply. I think it's very interesting what you're saying, that because at, at the end of the day, you're a digital company yeah. that is trying to create a digital revolution globally. You said you want to yeah. be the booking.com of... of uh, point-to-point -point travel, yeah. and yet you, you cannot need, overcome the person-to-person -person relationship. No, we need person-to-person uh, -person -person relationships. We need people on the ground. Um, I think for me, one of the biggest uh, challenges still is that the first 10 uh, or 20 uh, services that, that we sold on, on landing pages were actually for places that I knew. So I said, okay, I was there. I know that you know that that needed the you know that was hard to book uh, the, the bus or the ticket there. Let, let's talk to someone there. And when I built it, I knew everything about it. I, I I built sort of the the information page, and I said, listen, you know, you're going to get to the bus station. There's going to be a line of uh, 50 people waiting. So if you buy from us, then you you can skip the line and just uh, and just uh, walk in. Um, I knew to to write. To, I knew the the sort of the the pains of of the customer. Now, as we scale up, we sell thousands of different goods, and I have none of us in the office have been to most of them. Sure. And we're trying to sort of figure out the, what we Maybe need to do. Do a company road trip and go all over Asia. Yeah, we're working. <laughs> we're working on it. So, and that's the thing. You now, like we, we're writing in from, and if you don't have someone there that can tell you, listen, the pro, all tourists complain that uh, that uh, they can't find the bus station, that, then you're never going to know it. Um, sure. And then actually another point, you know, it's simple things like we 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 named stations in a different name. So we we had some station that was called Lao Cai. I don't know if you know Vietnam, and nobody bought the ticket. Although sort of everybody we talked to told us, how do you buy train to 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 that area? And and we had the train online. Nobody bought it. And at some point we just realized that people don't call that place Lao Cai. They just call it. Sapa, which is the city, you know, 30 minutes away. Yeah. So we changed the station name to Sapa Laukai. And suddenly it started selling. And, and it's simple, small things that unless you actually have, you know, the insights about it, you just don't sell. And, and, and that's the biggest, I guess, one that leads to the biggest insights into the company, which is content. The biggest problems in, in buying this, these services is that you don't know, you don't, people don't understand them, tourists don't understand them. If even if a tourist come to, you know, let's take even like sort of an organized country like United States. If I want to book the China bus from uh, Boston to to New York, as me as a tourist today, I have no idea how to do it. 
I'm going to call someone who lives in New York. How do you book the China bus? Can I do it online? Is it okay to go? Like, you know, is it a reliable bus or not? Sure. Um, and the United States is, is an organized country. Like, we, we don't work in the North America because we don't think the problem there is, is it's not a, as big gap as it is in, in the rest of the world. Uh, but still, even if I was a tourist in the United States, I would have problem booking transportation. Makes sense. So I think you touched on another interesting point here, which at the end of the day, again, beyond the digital aspect of the business, mm-hmm. uh, it's, again, you need people with the local knowledge on what the issues are, what the topics are, and, and even the marketing side of it, right, on how to sell it. Yeah. Uh, because you, like you said, in the beginning, you experienced it. Yeah. And I think that's actually a very good point for other people to take. I think it's very easy and smart to start the stuff that you know on your own mm-hmm. and then you know exactly what it needs to say and how it's going to work and then slowly grow from there to other aspects of the same thing yeah it's you all you always need to solve a problem that that you have it's uh, yeah. your own itch your what your own itch yeah friends sometimes friends that you don't talk to me and say me you know, i want to quit my job i want to have a startup but i had i don't have any idea so, so I said, you know, you have problems in your job. Think of what the, you know, the worst problems in your job. See if you can solve them with, you know, doing it yourself. That's what works usually. Okay. Uh, so let's switch gears. I think we talked about interesting challenges. Uh, let's talk about the other side of things. Mm-hmm. What resources help you or helped you uh, do your job better? These could be books that you've read, podcasts that you listen to, people that you follow, tools, apps, technology pieces, stuff you're saying, okay, if I take this away, you're like, oh my God, this is going to be a lot harder. Well, this is really a time-specific uh, <laughs> question because, you know, my question, my, my answer to that is going to be different than my answer a year ago, probably. Probably. Um, but if you want to go to, to the beginning, then I think uh, if you're starting out, then, then you've got to read books. Um, there are a lot of great books on, on, on how to build startups how to manage them, um, the lean startup, you know, just for, for, as, an, as an example, something that sort of changes your mindset. Um, they sort of get repetitive at some point. So a lot of ideas, you know, repeat in, in different names. Sure. But you, you got to, you know, know them. You, need, you do need to, to sort of read them and, and, uh, and get to know them in the, in the beginning, I think. Uh, another point in the, in the beginning is actually, it's sort of, sort of sad to say, but you got to learn how to Google things. Sure. Because a lot of people fall on, on, on not doing the research properly. And, and, and it sounds stupid, but a lot of times if you don't know the, the, the lingo, the terminology of the industry that you're looking into, you're going to miss huge companies that do exactly what you were thinking of doing. Uh, so you need to know how to, to do research properly. Um, that's in the beginning. I guess I'm, if, you, if you're talking to me today, like resources that I'm, tips that, that I use today is, is Crunchbase. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you strip all the different blogs that, that you can subscribe to, or like, uh, I don't know, Product Hunt or TechCrunch or whatever, if you just take Crunchbase and you get a, a update of, of the funding that the different startups had every day and you go over it, and then you click you know, something that sounds interesting for you. Then you learn so much about, you get information about things that you would never, you would never have come up on your radar otherwise. Um, 
So we learned about different industries, about how what companies are solving different problems in, in, in similar industries, and you get ideas about what you can do with that. Sure. You hear about competitors. So that's pretty good. I think the, the Crunchbase uh, daily email is actually one of the best uh, things that I have. Um, recently, I started following the NFX blog. Okay. If you know... Uh, I'm not familiar with it. NFX is is a is a fund uh, is a VC by uh, Gigi Levy okay. and uh, and Pete Flint and uh, James Carrier, I think. I'm sorry if I'm getting their names wrong. Um, they're good investors, and actually one of their blogs is their blogs is one of the most detailed resources on on how to solve different problems in different uh, stages of the startup. So they act they they really Take to part like different problems and analyze them uh, and give you know their idea of how to solve that. Other resources. So so I'm sort of a plug-in uh, freak. So okay. I, I test everything. <laughs> uh, so I I, I I'm, I'm today I'm trying three different tools to manage my my tasks. So I'm trying Asana. I'm trying uh, I tried Notion, which everybody's talking about, but not good for task management. Um, I'm working with Jira. Um, there's no tip here. There's no tip. I'm, no I'm tip. trying. You're I'm not I, sure. I'm trying a lot of things. Well, I think it's a good tip. I think trying stuff on your own is a good tip. I, I think one of the greatest things today is that there's a lot of uh, SaaS solutions for anything, and most of them have a free trial period, and you can just try it out. Yeah. One of the things that I like to do is is just just get something. You know, to ev- anything that you want to develop or do. In your startup, you can probably buy something that does almost that. Um, there's no reason to develop anything in the beginning in-house. Like you can do a proof of concept with different tools. Uh, you know, the obvious stuff is Zapier. Sure. Uh, anything you want to connect, you can do with Zapier. We we do, for example, like we do things like we send automatic emails to to uh, customers. Based on an Excel sheet that 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 you know someone fills manually and then yeah. Zapier follows and then sends uh, different follow-ups to people. Uh, Zapier is an amazing tool. There's uh, so many tools that. Uh, no, of course, of course, I agree with you. There's a uh, really great stuff that is either free or almost free. Yeah, that is out there today. You, you can probably with less than a hundred dollars get get anything to work. Agreed. Um, Last thing, uh, how do people find you, follow you, Twitter, LinkedIn, if anybody wants to get in touch, if they're suppliers, if they're distributors, if they're just interested? So my email is uh, noam, N-O-A-M, at uh, bookaway.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook also, LinkedIn, um, out there. Just um, Noam Toyster. Yeah, I have a Twitter, not, not too active, but you can reach me there. Okay. Um, Thank you so much. This was a real pleasure. Really interesting. Thank you. Hey, Tribers, I hope you enjoy this great interview. If you have, please share this with your friends and your colleagues. If you'd like access to similar content or you would like to get the notes and the resources mentioned in this interview, please visit us at theetribe.com where you can find other great interviews like this one, as well as many resources and tools which can help you grow or start your business. We would love it if you would join the eTribe, either as a member or as a contributor. You can do that on the website as well. 
I hope you would listen to us next time and until then, have a great day.